Oklahoma Talking Company. Welcome to the Dream OK Podcast. I'm Jason Baffrey. This is the podcast where we talk to Oklahoma's dreamers, the visionaries, the pioneers, the entrepreneurs, and the people that want to see the city and the state grow for the better. It was one year ago that we held an event entitled Dream Year OKC, based on the book by Ben Arment. And there we had 10 different people that presented their dreams and their visions for uh, the city and things that they wanted to do. But what we found out was that all of those people had an underlying current and it was something to better Oklahoma City. We're joined today by Ty McBride of McBride Homes. At the Dream Year OKC event, he presented a concept to improve the Lyrewood district in Oklahoma City. And Ty, welcome to Dream OK. And uh, it's great to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about what your original plan was, um, because it was really out of the evening. I mean, it was one of the more interesting endeavors, I thought, because it was to take an area that that used to be a tennis court and the, uh, I mean, for lack of better terminology, Yuppieville that has since kind of gone downhill and it's not known as one of the better areas of town now, but your your plans were to make that area sustainable for the community that's now there. Yeah, we really wanted to, kind of what I presented uh, was this idea that it really inspired me of uh, sustainable uh, farming and urban urban farming. And that there's just all this abandoned uh, property and uh, areas uh, there on Lyrewood Lane. And just to see that that, that land would be used for something uh, beneficial to the community. That was kind of the general idea that, that I presented. What was it about this particular area that gathered your attention? First of all, it's really close to home for me. I don't live very far away. Uh, it's a place on the map that I had passed by several times and never really uh, really dove into until just a few years ago. And, and when I did, I realized that it didn't take – I didn't have to get very far off of my main path to get into a place where there was a lot of darkness and brokenness uh, in this part of Oklahoma City. Talk a little bit more about what your overall uh, the specifics of the plan, because I know there was like some hydroponics involved, as you mentioned, urban farming, and it was really an intricate design. Yeah, yeah, we had the idea basically was to use uh, urban urban farming uh, livestock, primarily chickens, to uh, to create uh, you know have have protein. Is a they're they're a uh, not a complicated livestock to raise, and they're pretty hardy. Uh, and they're allowed within city limits. The second thing was to to do some uh, some gardening, and and to introduce uh, uh, aquaponics into that gardening to get more uh, more production out of the land. And for those people that may not know, and I'm not really that familiar with, but explain aquaponics and how that works. Aquaponics is a system in which you take basically. Uh, You've got you've got plants that are watered, but they're not in soil. They're in like a rock. And as those plants are watered, uh, the water uh, filters through the uh, through the plants through the rock into a tank where fish are kept. And those fish then feed off of that water, and also it, it, it filters, so it gives them new clean water. And the old water is pumped out of their tank and then cycled back through uh, as fertilizer for the plant. So the, the fish waste is essentially. Uh, fertilizer for the plants to 
And so it's just kind of a, a circular system of, uh, of growth. And what are the benefits of that system? Benefits are, are uh, uh, the amount of space you need to do something like that and the amount of pr- production that you can get. It's, it's so much more uh, useful than, than just your normal like row. You know, you just till a, till a piece of land and you start growing, growing crops. This is kept indoors, so it's a year-round. And in addition to that, uh, you're you're also getting if you depending on the type of fish you use, but you can use fish that is also edible. So if you use uh, uh, people use catfish and different things, and so the fish is also edible. So you would have set up these hydroponic systems there, and then you would also have uh, regular planted gardens to go along mm-hmm. with those. So you yeah. would grow you would grow food. Um, I would assume that that water w- would that work as a fertilizer for the gardens as well, or is it just for it not? I mean, it could, of course, but primarily it's just for the cycle. It's it's built into a system that cycles through. Okay, so you get you get uh, the water going through. You can eat the fish. You can eat the garden, mm-hmm. and so there's this sustainable food system taking place right. now in uh, what is considered an urban area. Right, right. And if I remember correctly, Ty, this was kind of a. I mean, you came up with this concept fairly quickly when you uh, when the Dreamier event rolled around, and and but I mean, you put a lot of time and effort into it, but. Uh, it happened briefly in, yeah, in no, the like, time like in a week. Room. Yeah, like in a week. Like I put it together in like a week, uh, which was which was really is really great experience because it was really just like I got this uh, direct message on Twitter from Ben, and it was like gave me this opportunity to like really there wasn't any kind of constraints on it. It was just like what what would you do if you could do something? You know, like I said, this community is really important to me. Uh, I, I know that. Food is such an important part of any kind of low-income community. And so it was like, food, Lyrewood, how, how do we make this happen in a sustainable way? And that was just kind of, it uh, It happened pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the the response coming out of that night. The response coming out of that night was really amazing. I really, it kind of springboarded us into myself and those people involved with me and to just building some relationships with people that uh, cared about the community, uh, that cared about sustainable food, uh, that cared about uh, about uh, building relationships. And so, man, it was just really, really amazing. I think, like, the following week, I probably, like, I don't know, I met a, a, another dozen people who were like, man, I really love what you're doing. I really love what you're thinking about. How can I get involved? And so it was a really good springboard to, to what was going on in the community. Yeah. Uh, and leading into uh, this presentation and what you did in the, in the plan, I mean, had you talked to people in the community about this? I had been a, uh, an active part of a local food pantry uh, for quite some time. Uh, and so I had, I had that, that community, this, this community that I, I engaged with on a monthly basis in the food pantry. And so I would, I would speak with them about it and see, you know, how, how interested they were in something of this nature. Mm-hmm. And, and what did they say? Of course, uh, when, you, when you talk about eggs and you talk about, uh, you talk about uh, fresh-grown uh, vegetables, I mean, people get really excited because a lot of food pantries, it's not something that they, that they have. I mean, generally, it's just your normal dry goods. Mm-hmm. So where are you now or what has the process been? It's, it's really literally been about a year. Mm-hmm. So talk us through what's happened since then. So, yeah, so I think some of it changed, of course, because anytime you're dreaming, you know, when you, when you have an actual dream, uh, you know, things can change and they can mold and, and, and circumstances in this world can kind of have an effect. So 
Two things that we did that were part of the Dream Year uh, presentation were we kicked off right away with purchasing some chickens. Uh, we had someone that didn't live very far from that community had an acre, uh, so we could uh, we purchased 20 uh, hens and automatically uh, brought those in. Uh, they started producing eggs, and uh, we started bringing those back into this this food pantry uh, that I was leading. And then uh, a lady uh, who lives in a neighborhood where there was an abandoned lot, also not far from Lyrewood. Uh, talked with the owners. The owners were really excited, and we started we started uh, farming this abandoned lot. And and it's not a huge lot, but it was it's it's been enough to produce a good a good amount of produce for for the community. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so who I mean, are you out there yourself doing this? I mean, have, have you gotten volunteers involved? Are people in the community actually getting out and getting involved in the garden? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and the garden. Is I, I don't run the garden because I'm not particularly a gardener, uh, but we have we have a lady that kind of leads that. She's really passionate about gardening. It's been one of her lifetime hobbies, and she's been really amazing about taking people from the pantry community and bringing them to the garden and really you know, their kids and them and just working alongside them. Uh, we also brought a garden into the Two Lakes School, which is where we kind of run the pantry out of, and so we we have a small garden there that the teachers take care of uh, and some of the students. And then uh, the one of our community members uh, had the acre, and so he takes care of the chickens, and myself and different people volunteer, go out there and work with the chickens. And uh, what about what about the community and the chickens? Are they getting involved in that? Yeah, they 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 go out there fairly regularly. Actually, one of the community members right now are are, are the folks that live there on vacation. So one of our community members was so excited that she liked volunteered to take care of them for the whole week. It was amazing. And uh, of course, uh, oftentimes inside of our inside of our our, uh, our gatherings for the pantry, we do prayer requests. And so of course continually we give them updates on the chickens. Uh, they've given them all names. Uh, Bubbles, I think, is one of the <laughs> the main names. And uh, and uh, of course we often have to pray for the chickens uh, as uh, as it gets hot or or, or what have you. The process itself in in doing this, um, because there may be other people out there that want to do things like this or have ideas similar, they want to help their community. Was it just a matter of of writing notes down in a notebook or did you sketch things out? What was the the physical process like for you in this? Well, I I wish I could like say I had some grand plan, but it was mainly just me just getting really passionate about talking about it. I just uh, like everybody in the community that I could find, I just want to tell them, like, I man, I really got this idea, and I think we ought to just shoot for it and try it and see how it goes and make mistakes in it. And uh, that, in combined with a lot of text messages and phone calls, it really was kind of organic. I, I really don't want to give myself too much credit for planning because what, what happened was really just an amount of, of, uh, of a community gathering together and uh, people getting inspired uh, to, to see this happen. Has it taken a lot of financial capital to, to get it going, or have you had donations? How has that process worked? Really, because we're kind of on a shoestring here, and uh, what we've done is just partnership. I mean, that's been a really big part. Relationship has been a big part of what makes this work. And so uh, we've had tremendous support. So like with, for, with the chicken coops, for uh, Life Church uh, does this yearly thing where they decorate their uh, lobbies in movie theaters. I just finished one. It's called At the Movies. And one of my very good friends is a, a pastor at Life Church, and I told him I want to build chicken coops. And he said, oh, my goodness, I have got all of this stuff that we built these 
Lego movie sets with, and all that stuff was going to go to a dumpster. And this was this was a year ago this week, and I said, let me bring a trailer. And so every bit that we used to build the chicken coops uh, was was used from Northwest Campus uh, Lego movie set. Wow. And this year, we actually used that stuff. We used more of their material from this year to help uh, continue building the, the uh, raised beds in the garden. And so, so there was that. That was that was a primary. Uh, that was a large expense. Uh, the chickens and the and the uh, the seeds and whatnot for the for the garden. We actually got together with with this pantry, and we decided we want to do something new than just a pantry. And so we we uh, we named it Feed Your Neighbor Co-op, and. All of the members, all the people that come to the pantry, committed to coming consistently and giving three dollars every time they came. And once we had saved up that money, we used that three dollars to purchase the chickens. And so the community purchased the chickens together, uh, and then the community purchased the seed. And then weekly, as they continued to give this is small amount, uh, they continued to buy feed for the chickens and and whatever else the, the chickens may need. Wow, that's fantastic. So we just kind of self-funded it inside inside the community. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of times we think that it's going to take large donations, thousands of dollars to do this, but to, to go back to the community to give them ownership in this plan for a mere $3, I mean, that seems like it, it helps in a variety of ways. Right, well, it makes it theirs, and that was always what I wanted. I never wanted it to be like, you know, ties your savior, good news, I've come to fix everything for you. I always wanted something that would would work alongside the community that they would do with me, that I could be a part of, of what they were doing. And uh, and so once they once they actually saw the fruit of this and they saw what was happening, uh, they they actually would invite new people in because they knew like that new person brought another three dollars into the community. And they knew that three dollars like that money goes to feed a chicken, and that feed goes to produce, make the chicken healthy, produce an egg, and the egg comes back in the community, and they take it home and they cook it. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the the raised gardens, so explain uh, what you have going on with the gardens now. Well, the gardens, uh, there's just it's it's a, it's a full city lot. It's like a, a, a lot that a house would sit on, uh, and uh, it was a, abandoned and, and torn down. And so what we have is basically where the house would set in the backyard is a series of raised beds. And so a raised bed is just we take, a, you know, a piece of lumber, like a 2 by 10 or 2 by 12. And I think they're, I want to say they're 4 by 12 foot, and they're just stretched all throughout the property. Uh, and then at the back of the property is uh, where we grow uh I think the lady, what is it called? Sweet potato vine. So you go sweet potato vine all across the back of it. And this is, like I said, not not the expert in this, but the sweet potato vine then is cut and then reused for mulch and then reused for uh, compost. Wow. And you can eat it. I've, I've, she, she gave me some recipes. We can eat it. It tastes kind of like spinach. Hmm. Very interesting. And and so there are specific things that grow in the raised beds versus what you plant in, in the ground. How is the soil there? Does it well, work that's well? why you would do a raised bed. And that's the primary primary reason to do a raised bed. A raised bed makes it a, easier to water because the water is held in a more con, confined area. And then B, uh, you have more control over the soil because normal soil on a, on a city lot is horrible. Uh, it's red clay. It's not really so. You you raise it up and you fill those those areas with the soil that you want plants to grow in, and so that's where you know you, you have the compost and the healthy soil. So, 
And so what are the plans from from this point on? I mean, is it now self-sustaining or do you have further plans to to grow this and expand it? Well, we actually after after the presentation of Dreamy, a lot of things happened in this country uh, that 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 I guess I had missed out on or I hadn't paid attention to uh, shortly after Ferguson happened. And then after after that, there's so many things that happened this year, kind of culminating here recently with, with Charleston. And there were some things that happened here in the city and even some things that happened on Lyrewood inside of our community that kind of brought my attention to some of the some of the injustices uh, that 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 were kind of in, in our in our system, uh, and uh, so it kind of turned our community to a different direction. Uh, unintentionally at first, intentionally now that we see it, was that there was two big parts to the presentation. There was sustainability, and there was there was the the uh, well I talked about the uh, the tennis boom, and so the tennis boom that I talked about in the presentation was this place where everybody from Oklahoma City came into uh, northwest Oklahoma City, into the Putnam City School District. But they came there for kind of, most of them for kind of a dark reason. Unintentionally or intentionally, it was kind of a dark reason because during the time, it was during the uh, Oklahoma City School integration and, and busing. And so the area blew up because of that. But now... And what year are we talking, we're talking about? about like 70s, 70s, early 70s. Okay. But now that's changed because this area has been run down and the mobile continue to go further out. And so you see the growth in Piedmont and Deer Creek and those areas. And there's also this revitalization that happens in the, in the inner city area now that's happening. So this, this outer ring that, that this part of town is in, and, and it's just really seen a lot of, a lot of uh, it's just been forgotten. Uh, and so you have this community of people who have been pushed here, uh, the minority community, but you also have this community of low-income white people that are still here. They're still here. So you have this, I would have to say, I'd challenge anybody, it's probably one of the most diverse places in Oklahoma City. Uh, this this ring that kind of circles Oklahoma City, Dell City, Moore, this kind of ring. So that was one of the things, that, like, man, there's something going on here that's unique as far as in diversity. The other thing was sustainability. You know, sustainable food is what I presented but, but as these events kind of transpired through 2015, one of the things that really kind of was really on me was sustainable relationship. Like what, what's going on there? And so that was kind of the push into, into taking our pantry and making it a co-op and calling it Feed Your Neighbor and really inviting people in from all different places, uh, uh, economically, socially, and racially, to be to be a part, and so it started by it started by having these the, the folks that were part of the food pantry, folks that are physically in need of food, so so they're there, and then and then we started reaching out to uh, to to the affluent uh, and and asking them to to come in and just take part and just to be there and to build relationship, and so that's now where we're we're growing towards is really kind of more a. How do we build sustainable relationships in this part of the city, and how do we how do we see uh, uh, healthy relationships? And so it's it's an extremely diverse place. We we took it from being once a month to twice a month, so we could we could really gather more often. And it's just a place where I'll say in this last year, uh, it's a place at times where we've celebrated uh, you know a full dozen of eggs. We've celebrated uh, a healthy. Uh, amount of produce, but it's also in a place where there's been some tears and some struggles. Uh, it wasn't long ago where a young lady that was uh, related to part of our community was shot in a drive-by at, 
in, in one of Lyrewood uh, apartments. And so, you know, that was just like, it was a really hard, a hard week. And many of these people, as they, as they see what's happening uh, outside of Oklahoma City, wonder when, is that going to happen here? And uh, so it's been a, a place for us to openly process uh, uh, of these things happening inside of our country, inside of our city. And, and and it sounds like those discussions are going well, um, at least from the way you're you're presenting it. I mean, there are being discussions. Absolutely. And they're tense at times. Yeah. They're tense at times because people have different perspectives and different backgrounds, but they're happening. And but people at come least, back the next the next time. No, yeah, one's, no one's like going, oh, I'm never coming back to this thing. You talked about something I don't want to talk about. But at least we're having conversations instead of uh, going to violence or or not talking about it and just segregating ourselves. Right. We're having the, the necessary conversations. Right. right. Absolutely. And those conversations are being had and and uh, and people who generally wouldn't come into a place together. Uh, like most of these folks don't even like they wouldn't go to church together. But they'll come inside of this community together to receive the food that's brought in, but then also to to just to meet these people and to pray with them and to cry with them and to celebrate with them uh, what's happening inside of our inside of our lives. And, and are these same people getting out and and working together in the with the gardens and absolutely and all of that? one of the great things. Uh, part of this has been in 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 uh, cooperation with the Sparrow Project, and so. In addition to the eggs and the the produce, what we also bring into the community is food from the regional food bank. And we have seen the food has to be brought though. We have to bring it from a warehouse to to Lakes Elementary. And what is what is amazing is not only helping in the garden, not only helping uh, with the chickens, but they've also kind everybody. I don't want to say they. It's everybody. We've all gotten together and we we meet at uh, this warehouse in Capitol Hill and pick up the food together on a Friday night. It will usually be like 15 of us uh, from, from all different places. Some, you know, some, some folks that uh, own businesses and live in Piedmont and some, and some uh, single moms working two jobs are going to meet there. We, we pack up all the food. We drive it to Two Lakes Elementary there on Lyrewood Lane. And then all of the food is unloaded. The eggs, the produce, the dry goods from the regional food bank, all of that's unloaded, brought in. And then we all together evenly divide, sack together, and then and then everybody helps one another carry it out to each each, each other's car. And usually, uh, we all eat pizza together and and uh, and just kind of spend some time hanging out. A lot of that comes from, uh, you know, I think my faith leads that because the Book of Luke, Jesus spends so much time uh, eating. That's kind of, you know, he's eating with the rich and the poor, the believer, the non-believer. And that's what we tried to bring in because not everybody is a churchgoer, not everybody is poor, not everybody is rich. It's just this group of people come together around food, uh, and community is built, and uh, and sustainable relationships I think are are created. Yeah, that's amazing. You just touched briefly on on where your passion comes from, but I mean, does that go a little deeper? Has this been something that's been within you for a a long time? Were you kind of raised as a, as a giver and getting out there and, and volunteering? Or is this, um, how, how did that come <laughs> about? And, and I mean, to the point to where you take these necessary steps to where, and I know it, it's not just you, and I want right. to make that clear, but I mean, you've sort of spearheaded this thing where you are changing a, a community or the group of people around you uh, are affecting a community in a way that's you know, I don't hear these stories coming from anywhere else right now. It must be happening, you know, in other places, but sure. I mean, right now we're talking to you. Right. And so where does that come from within you? Well, I mean, 
my faith is not something I've always had. I've spent most of my life, uh, you know, just trying to, you know, the American dream, uh, trying to make all I can make while I'm here. And I, I still all in on that. But uh, my faith was kind of reignited about five years ago. And that that friend of mine from from the Northwest Campus of Life Church drove me in this area. And, and, and it just kind of opened my eyes because I've always cared. I've always cared about about justice. However, I grew up in a town where everybody looked like me, uh, a rural Oklahoma town. Everybody looked the same. Everybody acted the same. Everybody went to one of three churches, you know, that kind of deal. And, and as, as I kind of went into this community and realized, first of all, that, like, I could walk here from my house without breaking a sweat. So, I, like, it was so close. And second of all, just kind of the, the needs that were in this community uh, uh, and, and kind of the darkness that was over it. Uh, it just really kind of opened my eyes to like, man, it's not somewhere else, it's here. I think that was kind of, I always thought it was somewhere else. I always thought you had to get on a plane and, and, and fly somewhere to do to do something. And, and, and it's not, it's not, I mean, there are things happening in Chicago and there are things happening in New York and there are great things that should be done all across this world. But there are, there are places right here at home that, that injustice is happening Intentional, unintentional, but injustice is happening, and, and there are needs that need to be met. Yeah. For the person that's listening that they have a seed in the back of their head, um, they want to see change in their community or change in Oklahoma City, um, you know, whether it's, it's um, helping people get food or it, an, another dream, what would your... Um, suggestion, advice be uh, based on your experiences throughout this? Build a relationship and go meet, go meet somebody. Go meet somebody, the, the person that you feel like you need to engage with, the, the scenario that you want to see changed. Go walk alongside. Go eat dinner with. That's what I would recommend because I think food is so important. Go, go share a meal with the people that, that you want to be part in the change. And, and, and first of all, it'll humble you to sometimes the the strengths that these that these uh, people have, the weaknesses that you you may not be realizing, and and the places that you can grow uh, spiritually or relationally. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that if you want to see if you want to see change in justice, you need you need to meet those that you want to see the change in. That was that's that's the only thing I can I, I can give. No, I think that's fantastic. That's uh, great advice. If there are people that would uh, be interested in helping with what you're doing in the Lyrewood area, um, what what do you need? Do you need materials? Do you need donations? Do you need hands, uh, feet on the ground? What do you need and how do they get in touch with you? Well, what we need is people that just want to you know, come meet somebody and be known. If you if you want to come know somebody, if you want to know the people that live there, the people that care about this place, if you want to uh, meet somebody you want to have dinner with or, or share a piece of pizza with. Uh, that's the kind of people we need. And then you can find the place where you want to engage, whether it's helping unload food or, or going and, and tilling in the garden or, or, or going and feeding chickens. Start start by coming into the community and meeting folks. And, and how you get involved is uh, we're on Facebook, Feed Your Neighbor Co-op. Uh, that was how you'd find us on Facebook. And then also on Twitter at, uh, at FYN Co-op. C-O-O-P. Great. And uh, this has been, uh, you've been hearing from Ty McBride, McBride Holmes, but uh, 
passionate community redeveloper, <laughs> I guess, for lack of a better terminology. Ty, uh, thanks so much for what you're doing in the community and uh, and for taking the time to come talk to us about it. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to Ty McBride on Dream OK. I'm your host, Jason Baffrey. Thank you very much.